and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. Welcome back to our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation. So today, we are going to be looking at just a thought on the book of Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1. Now, when we look at this, we see how God views the world's governments. Let me see what I'm doing here. On the governments of this world, God sees them as beasts. And this is what we're going to see. We're also going to see how some try to insert the devil as the messenger in place of John on this chapter. Revelation chapter 13 will deal with Antichrist rise. We'll look at a little bit about Antichrist as we go through our study today. In Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1, we read, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads, the names, the name of blasphemy. When God pictures, we said, the governments of this world, he sets them forth as being beast. That is, they tend to be ravenous in their behavior, in what they do and how they behave. And they tend to look at others like they're just a part of the animal creation. And I think largely this comes from today, the idea of evolution. Because basically evolution teaches that we came from beast, if not just the slime on the water. But nevertheless... This is how God views the governments of this world as beast. And certainly God does not teach nor believe in evolution because Genesis 1.1 tells us that God created. It says, for in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So God's the one who made made everything. All things are made by him and for him, the scriptures tell us. So there's no question as to the fact of God being the maker of everything in this world. There's coming a world federation, much like the United Nations. Perhaps the United Nations is a precursor to that, and I think it is. And this world will unite against God. Now, 
if you take your Bible and go to Gen, go to Psalms chapter two. Psalm chapter two. Let me get find it in my Bible here. In Psalm chapter two, verses one through four. Here's what the scripture says. Why, excuse me, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? So the Bible tells us that the heathen rage, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. This is pointing forward, I believe, to this period of time that we're looking at in Revelation chapter 13. But it certainly speaks to our day and time also. The kings of the earth set themselves, the Bible says, and take counsel together with the rulers against the Lord and against his anointed. So they set themselves against God and they set themselves against God and against the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't like God. They don't like his son. And then it goes on to say, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So they don't like God. They don't like his son, and they don't like his restrictions. They don't like this book. They don't like the laws laid down in this book, the instructions laid down in this book, the, the wisdom laid down in this book. They don't like them. They want to break the bands asunder. They want to break, cast the cords aside they want to get rid of God's morals and God's laws. Man hates the things of God. Basically, if we wanted to condense this, the thing that they want to get rid of, if we wanted to condense them down, all we'd have to put is the words of God. That's what they don't like. That's why they're constantly trying to change the old King James Bible. They don't like it. Then the, what is God's reaction to the world's actions? Well, the Bible says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh and the Lord shall have them in derision. So what is God's reaction to man's hatred of him? God's not worried about it. God doesn't worry at all. He says, okay, you want to get rid of me? You want to get rid of my laws? You want to get rid of my words? You want to get rid of my son? <laughs> I'm going to laugh at you. And I'm going to bring you into derision. That means they're going to be so confused, they'll be like a bunch of Keystone cops running all over the place. And of course, that just dates me a great deal because the Keystone cops is a long ways back into my daddy's generation. 
But nevertheless, that's what they want to do. And so, as we read here, again, I'll remind you, the rulers take counsel against the Lord, against his anointed. That's against the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to break the bands. They want to cast away the cords. And again, I remind you that God's not worried about it. In fact, the Bible tells me he's going to laugh at them. And he'll bring them into derision. And that's the, what this world is headed for. When God acts against man. Now, what does, what's the world's expectations? Well, the world is looking for the Antichrist. And I'm looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Unlike Sim, Simeon of old, in Luke chapter, what is it, chapter 2 and verse 26, says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And when he sees him, if you go there to Luke chapter 2 and read that, in its context, you find out that he rejoiced and said, okay, Lord, I'm ready to go now. But that's not what the world's looking for. They're not, that's not the person the world is looking for. They're not looking for the Lord's Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. They're looking for the Antichrist, the one who's against Christ. They're looking for the one who will let them live according to their own standards and their own ways. That's what the world's looking for. In verse 1 it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Now the critics of the scripture and agree with the modern translations because they change the and I stood to, and he stood, making it point backwards to chapter 12, which is the dragon. So they make the devil, the dragon, Satan, the messenger, not John. And yet we're told plainly at the very beginning of this book, that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ to his servant John. And so here's how the world messes with the scripture. Now, I have a lot of people tell me this. Well, these newer Bibles don't change the word of God. They don't change the message. Well, if that's true, then how do you get, and I stood, John speaking, to, and he stood, the dragon speaking? Somebody's wrong. Somebody's lying. And we'll just take what the Word of God says, the old King James Bible. And it's John speaking, not 
the devil. And by the way, you better be careful. There's a lot of that business going on in, the, in those new translations. Somebody I heard the other day said there's over 500 different versions of the scripture now. Well, that's sad. When you think that the old King James Version has stood the test of time. And a lot of people say, well, it's just easier to understand. Well, the King James is at a sixth grade level. Even today. If you understand sixth grade English, then you'd understand the Bible. Your problem is not with not understanding it. Your problem's with what you understand and don't want to know. That's the truth. So what are we to say to this? Well, all I can say to it is this. God says what he means and means what he says. When God said, and I stood in the King James, he was saying John saw this, not the dragon saw this. You see, a lot of people are going around saying, well, that's your interpretation. Well, no, it's not my interpretation. It's what it says. It says, and I stood. That's what it says. A lot of people say that it's not what it means. Well, if God meant to say the devil or the dragon, he would have said, and he stood. But he didn't say that. So somebody's wrong, and it ain't God. says, I stood upon the sand of the sea. Now, what sea is it that John stood on? Well, the sea in this case is a body of water called the Mediterranean Sea. So John is standing by the Mediterranean Sea. And out of the Mediterranean comes the Antichrist. That gives us an identification for the locality you're going to find the place that the Antichrist shows up. He'll come out of Palestine, the Middle East. Isn't it interesting that the Middle East is the center of attraction today? And has been for some time. And there's going to come a man that's going to stand up out of that land. It's believed to be a Syrian Jew, and we'll talk about that more. That he's a Jew. Because the Jews are going to receive him. They're going to accept him. So here's the Antichrist, a Jew 
showing up in Palestine. And it says, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now we're going to find this out as we go along through this chapter. This is no normal beast. This is a beast like man has never seen. He'll be a combination, a mixed beast. And he's going to have power from the, from the dragon to do things that nobody has ever done. So what we're seeing is this mixed beast is the last world kingdom before Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. And this Antichrist is going to be a mixture. And we'll see more about that as we go along through the chapter. The one thing to understand is, is that the Antichrist is a king, then a kingdom. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17, it says, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. This is speaking of when God showed Daniel what was to come. And by the way, in that, he shows him the Antichrist. Not as clearly as we see him in Revelation. But nevertheless, he shows him the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be a combination of these great beasts. And the Antichrist is a king. An authority, a leader of a country. And he will arise out of the Mediterranean Sea in Revelation 13. Whereas this, these four kings come up out of the earth. We know who these four kings are, and we'll study them a little more in depth when we get to part two of our study. It says, having seven heads and ten horns. He is the these are the kings of the Roman Empire. This is the restored Roman Empire. But it is restored by these ten kings. Revelation 17.10 says there are seven kings. Five are fallen. One is and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. Now, this can't be the original Roman Empire. Because everything we see in this is pointing forward in time to the last king that will show up. And that's the Antichrist. 
But these 10 kings, we'll find out, give their power to the Antichrist. There'll be a seven-year period of reign. There will be a seven-year period or reign of the Antichrist. Three and a half of those years will be a period of time of compromise. Revelation chapter 17, verses 3 to 5, kind of show that. It says, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So there's somebody riding on the back of the Antichrist. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, this scarlet-colored beast, we know, is the Antichrist. Riding on his back is a woman who is a religion. And it's Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. This, this beast will compromise with religion for a time, the first three and a half years. And then there's going to be a three and a half year period of absolute dictatorship. In Revelation 17 and verse 16, it says, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. These ten kings hate the compromise with religion, the religion of Rome, because that's the picture. That's who Mystery Babylon the Great is. The scriptures reveal that clearly. And these ten kings, remember ten horns are ten kings, hate Rome. And at the midst of the tribulation period, they are going to cast her off and make her desolate and burn her with fire. They're going to rebel against the religion of Rome. And when that happens, the Antichrist is going to set up his kingdom. Or excuse me, he's going to consolidate his kingdom. And it'll be an absolute dictatorship. Now, 
in Revelation 17, 9, you'll remember that we saw that there were seven heads, and here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads on which the woman sitteth. Who is she? Verse 18 of Revelation 17. The woman that thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So who is this woman that's riding on the back of the beast that is hated, that is religion, that will be cast off in the midst after three and a half years of the tribulation period? This woman is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now, that's not a problem to identify. For John would clearly know that that was Rome. Reigneth over the kings of the earth. Does Rome reign over the kings of the earth? Even today, does she reign? Well, stop and consider that a large percentage of our government is run by Roman Catholics. In reality, there's no such thing as an American Catholic or an African Catholic or any other nationality you want to claim because all Catholics are Roman Catholics. They're under the authority of Rome. And Rome can even prevent a government from doing something or try to by using political pressure. Rome is the only church organization that is known as a foreign state that has its own army and its own government. Friend, let me tell you something. She's powerful. And when she comes back into power in the first three and a half years, she's going to really cause havoc. And the Antichrist will, will compromise with her for a time till he can consolidate his throne. And he will consolidate it. In the midst of of the years of the seven year period after three and a half years Rome is cast off and the kingdoms give to the beast these kings these ten kings are going to give their power to the beast Revelation chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 17 and verse 17 for God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God be fulfilled. So these ten kings are going to agree and they are going to give their power. 
their authority and their kingdoms to the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. That means for the last three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to be an absolute dictator. One of the reasons he's going to cast off the Roman church is because he's going to declare himself to be God. And as such, he doesn't want a competitor. Who is this beast? Revelation chapter 17 and verse 8 says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is, this beast is going to go down. He's going to be killed with a head wound and he is then going to ascend out of the bottomless pit. He is the one who was and is not and yet is. It's believed and a possibility that this beast could be Judas or the spirit of Judas coming back into the Antichrist when, the, when he's resurrected. Which is believed to be three days and three nights after he dies. An imitation of the, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The devil's an imitator. He's a counterfeiter. These ten kings... It says in Revelation chapter 17, verses 12 to 13, and the ten kings which thou sawest, excuse me, and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So they have not as yet received their kingdom. But they're going to. They're going to receive their kingdom. And then they are going to take that power that is given to them, the strength that is given to them, and they're going to give it to the beast. To the Antichrist. Now, some say that what takes place in Revelation chapter 13 is identical to what takes place in Revelation chapter 12. Well, there's a close connection, but it's not quite the same. Listen to what Revelation 12 and verse 3 tells you. 
there appeared another wonder in heaven. Notice this one doesn't come up out of the sea or out of the earth. This one appears in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. So notice that this great red dragon, who we know is the Antichrist, or excuse me, who we know is the devil and Satan, we know that he has seven heads that are crowned. So there's seven kings here. But it doesn't deal with the ten horns. The ten horns don't have crowns. That's because they won't get them until Revelation chapter 13. This is when the Antichrist will be empowered by the devil. They're close, Revelation 13 and Revelation 12. They're close, but not the same. In Revelation 17, 1, upon his horns were ten crowns. So they're not the same. The Antichrist is the fruit of the dragon. He is the son of perdition, the Bible calls him. He comes up after the devil is cast to earth. When does that take place? Well, if you remember, that took place in Revelation chapter 12. And at that point, he's going to be cast down to this earth. And these ten kings are going to receive their power from the devil, who is now cast down to the earth. So this is what the, this is where the Antichrist is going to be revealed to be the fruit of the dragon. Remember, things different are not the same. I tell you again, God says what he means and means what he says. One of the best statements I ever read, and I think it was by Dr. Peter Ruckman, but I'm not sure, says, forget what the Bible teaches and listen to what God says. Listen to what does God's words say. See, a lot of people say, yes, but the Bible teaches. And they change words. Or they say as long as the as long as it doesn't change what the Bible teaches, it's okay to change the words. Well, when you change the words, you change what God's words say. So you change what God wants us to know. So forget what the Bible teaches and listen to what does God's words say. Take God's words for what they say. There is a definite difference between Revelation 12 and Revelation 13. In Revelation 12, there are seven crowns on his heads. In Revelation 13, Upon his horns are ten crowns. Horns speak of power. 
in the scripture. So here is the ten kings receiving their power in the tribulation period. The beast in Revelation 13 is not the same as the beast in Revelation 12. It's not an exact match. Why? Because in Revelation 12, it's a dragon who's identified as that great serpent, the old devil, Satan. Whereas in Revelation 13, it's not a dragon. It's a beast. And that beast is described in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 2. And it does not match Revelation 12. We'll get to Revelation 13 and verse 2 in part 2 of our study. The beast in Revelation 12, 3 is a dragon described to be the old devil, Satan. The beast in Revelation 13, 1 is the Antichrist. He is the fruit of the dragon. There's a difference. And things that are different are not the same. So when's this going to happen? Well, this beast is going to show up and get his power as the Antichrist in the midst of the years. He will rule in compromise until the midst of the years. After the devil is cast down to this earth, these ten kings receive their kingdom. So instead of seven kingdoms, seven king kingdoms, there will be ten king kingdoms, gain of three. And their power is going to be increased. The beast in Revelation 13, the Bible tells us, gets his power from the dragon in Revelation 12. They're not the same. But they'll be so close that they'll seem to be the same. In Revelation 13, the beast first and foremost, is a man. In Revelation 13 and verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. So this Antichrist is a man. And he is going to carry the number his number. And his number is 666, the Bible tells us. But remember, it's not the number of man, as many people quote it. It is the number of a man. Then it says upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. 
He's a blasphemer. In Revelation 17, 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon the scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. This scarlet-colored beast is full of the names of blasphemy, which matches upon his heads the name of blasphemy. He blasphemes. He blasphemes God. Revelation 13, 6 says, He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So this Antichrist, excuse me, this Antichrist blasphemes against God first. That's his person. Against his name. Against his tabernacle. And them that dwell in heaven. So his enemies are God and anybody associated with God or anything associated with God. Now, we live in a world where men blaspheme God all the time. They wickedly use his name in oaths. They wickedly use his name in vain. And we know it comes from the devil. Because the fruit of the devil produces one who opens his mouth in blasphemy against God and against his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So we live in a world that blasphemes the name of God, the things of God and the people of God. And he'll be clearly identified in the tribulation period. Now, what we've seen then is that the beast that came up out of the Mediterranean is the Antichrist. He's a blasphemer and the fruit of the devil. We're going to look at more of what the Bible reveals concerning this Antichrist when we come to our next lesson. But until that time, Study what God says and believe the scriptures for what God says, where God says it, to whom God says it. The Bible says we're to study the scripture that we might rightly divide the word of truth. Not everything that is in the Bible is doctrine for us today. But everything that's in the Bible serves the purpose of doctrine, reproof, correction, or instruction in righteousness. So study God's words and believe what God says and forget what man says God teaches. Well, until next time, God bless you.